0: Welcome to the Health and Wellness Show, everybody. Today is Friday, December first, twenty seventeen. My name is Jonathan. I'll be your host for today. Joining me in our virtual studio from all over the planet, we have Tiffany, Doug, Gabby, and uh, Elliot. We are hoping we'll make it. Uh, he's having some technical difficulties, so we're working that out. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have a very special guest uh, host today, uh, Tim. Welcome, Tim. Uh, welcome thanks, welcome Jonathan. Back Erica. Back yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and Hi, welcome Erica. back, Erica.
1: <laughs> Great to be back.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> That's awesome. Well we uh for today's show, uh we are gonna talk about the highs and lows of cannabis as medicine. A little bit of tongue in cheek there. Um <laughs> but just a uh just a disclaimer right off the top of the bat, we're not addressing uh m- morality issues, you know, or uh legal issues per se. Obviously we can We'll talk about it, but we're not talking, we're not debating the legality. We want to talk about this as a medicine and what is the um, the evidence that has come out, uh, you know, either through quote unquote valid medical studies or anecdotal evidence, uh, you know, what can it be used for? Uh, you know, there's some real uh, promising uh, things here.
2: And so, we're not endorsing its recreational use.
0: Yes. Exactly. To be clear about that. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but we, we also want to emphasize that this is a really important, powerful medicine that has applications that appear to be being hamstrung by these, you know, legal situations that various countries around the world have. So that's certainly going to be a part of our discussion. But like Tiff said, we are not endorsing recreational use. We want to talk about this as a medicine. Um, so I think to start off one of the promising compounds in cannabis is called CBD uh cannabidiol or cannabidiol uh and mm-hmm. Tim has some information that he mm-hmm. learned recently uh about CBD that uh he was came on today to to share with us. So Tim if you don't mind I don't want to put you on the spot but just to get us started do you want to tell us uh what your uh experience was and just kind of give us an overview of what you understand CBD to be? Absolutely. Sure.
3: Um, I'd also like to add a rider to that uh, disclaimer in the beginning that uh, yeah. if any of you out there are interested in trying the medicine, it's always wise to consult with a physician
4: mm-hmm. beforehand
3: mm-hmm. and be aware of any uh, the legal state in your respective area, right, because there are certain districts in the U.S. where it's more or less legal and same in Europe. Some countries are more or less restrictive, so just be aware of the legal situation and also before you try anything, make sure you discuss it with a doctor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago I was uh, in Prague and I happened to uh, attend, it was an international cannabis business conference and um, there were speakers from all over the world, from uh, the States, a couple from Canada, my home country, and uh, several from uh, the Middle East and other parts of the world. And um, a word that came up quite frequently during the talks, because it was was talking about finance, they are talking about laws, it was all the same, but pretty much every speaker without without exception mentioned CBD and hmm. um, at the time I actually ever heard it. I mean, I probably saw it in passing reading, saw articles and stuff, but I never really looked into it without any uh, in any great depth. So um, I was curious, like, why are they talking about this CBD? So at lunchtime during the conference, um, we were outside uh, having a cigarette and um, I was talking to a couple of the Canadian speakers, uh, Chad Cook and Ben Maru, who are activists from Toronto and um, they told me about the CBD as a molecule. Now, the cannabis plant, from what I understand, uh, at present has up to 111 different alkaloids or active chemicals that uh, do things to the body. The two most prevalent being CBD and THC. I think probably most people will be aware of THC Mm. because that is the chemical that a lot of recreational users use to, uh, you know, get high, Mm. right? It's... uh, you know, before CBD was even you know looked into, it wasn't even considered a an active ingredient. Scientists and and uh, growers and breeders always looked at THC, trying to get more THC out of these strains. It was only quite a bit later that they realized CBD has um, uh, equal to or even more medical applications than THC, but it has none of the psychoactive effects. Hmm. So a lot of research. It's, a lot of the research is still in its infancy, like you know, five to ten years old. So um, it's a really uh, new and interesting market. Hmm. So um, yeah, it's uh, from what I understand, it's uh, it it's, can be used for a, a myriad of different applications in the body. Yeah. Um, apparently, CBD mimics a uh, well. There's a there's a Endocannabinoid system in the body. So basically, the body has receptors for its own, um, cannabinoid molecules. There's two of them, one called anandamide and another one called, um, it? Wrote it down.
5: It's um, a long one. What is it? 2AG R-
3: a- yeah. is what it shortens out to. <laughs> so, because it's so prevalent in the body, um, CBD or the endocannabinoid system can be related to almost virtually any disease state, so that's what scientists are looking for, and that's mm-hmm. what I started researching when I got back. I bought a book on. I'm no expert by any means. I just was introduced to this like a, three or four weeks ago, and I just started looking into it, and which kind of made me interested in the topic. And they asked me to come on. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's a. I think it's a really fascinating area of research, um, and. The benefits that have been shown from CBD are pretty substantial. Some of the most interesting to me, uh, aside from cancer, and we can get into that a little bit later, but is uh, epilepsy mm-hmm. and especially uh, child epilepsy, um, mm-hmm. where you know some of the cases are really, really dramatic where they're having seizures all day, you know, like every minute, every 30 seconds, just completely mm-hmm. plagued with, with seizures. And after a few drops of this CBD extract, uh, it just stops. It literally stops. And they're just yeah. like, where has this been my whole life? You know?
6: Yeah. It's incredible. It's pretty amazing. Like a couple of the, the articles we looked at had cases where, um, children were even like put into forced comas, um, just because they were having so many seizures that they just had to be like, okay, let's put them into a coma so that we can stop this until we can, like, figure this out.
7: Yeah. And
6: then would start with the CBD uh, treatment and, you know, come out of the, the coma and, and be, you know, not maybe not 100%, but, like, significantly, significantly better.
0: Yeah.
6: and
3: the, Yeah, that's yeah, another so interesting much- thing about the, the science of it right now is because cannabis plant has so many different uh, active ingredients that um, – It's hard to isolate just one effect. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's just just really interesting how how much it interacts all over the body.
0: Um, Yeah, that's one point of debate that I find interesting, too, that's coming up is uh, in the world of medical application of cannabis. um, There's a whole host of uh, terpenes as well that exist in the plant that interact in different ways, and those can have medicinal effects, too, but we don't have, you know, the research behind it. So, no, a lot of it. A lot
3: of it is, is anecdotal, like you say. There's people coming out with stories. You know, mothers with children and people with various different diseases who've used different types of either THC-rich or CBD-rich cannabis oil and, and have had amazing effects of it. Yeah, there's not a lot of studies yet. There's a few, but not not as many as you know personal histories and people testifying to the fact that it's a quite an amazing molecule. So
0: yeah, and that's what I mean. I guess since we did bring it up and just to touch briefly on the legality thing, it's so, uh, frustrating because not from like a, you know, Hey man, stay out of my business kind of thing. Although to be fair, that's a part of it. Um, uh, it, just the medical applications of this and the fact that it's, uh, so restricted from its legal status all around the world, um, from mm-hmm. being researched and, you know, we, like in this plant exists, the cures and not just like treatments, but cures for many conditions, um, and that's where it's frustrating that it's that it has been, you know, secreted away for, for so long in the, in the medical community specifically. I mean, I think the mm-hmm. oldest thing that I can remember hearing about is uh, Marinol. There was a, a pharmaceutical company that came up with a product called Marinol, but it was only for pain. It was for pain relief. And um,
5: cancer patients.
0: Yeah. In, yeah. In yeah there's Marinol and there's
3: Sativex and Nabilone are three synthetic type THCs. The problem with drugs like that. Yeah, mm. the problem with drugs like that is it appears from the literature I've read is that the, there's kind of a synergistic effect with um, the cannabis plant. So all those terpenes, as you mentioned, and the other alkaloids tend to work in concert. Mm. They call mm. it the entourage effect. So when mm. you're, you know, you get you're sourcing your CBD, for example, you want to get drops. You want to make sure it's sourced from the actual plant and not just isolated to be CBD alone. It tends to be not as effective as to be sourced from the actual whole plant variety, hmm. if I understand correctly.
6: That's interesting because so that's, that's the case in a lot of herbal um, yeah. supplements and things like that. That uh, they they will kind of isolate an extract and start using that, um, but it turns out to not be. I mean, not always, but but often it turns out to not be as effective as you know taking the different compounds in concert in the whole plant yeah.
3: standalone um, molecules just don't seem to work as well yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. i think it,
6: it does have a lot to do with that kind of concert um you know the the, the different uh, synergistic effects that a lot of those compounds have yep
0: well so, yeah so
7: with oh. a molecule from from some specific plant or something um the the effects that that isolated substance can have it can have side effects as well and mm. then so when you take it
0: Oh, El- Did we lose him? Yeah, uh, Elliot, we think we're cutting out a little bit again. Sorry, I Matt. I think what <laughs>
1: you meant to say, well- that if you take the molecule in isolation, you know, it's not quite the same. I mean, at right. least, uh, for example, with tobacco and nicotine, nicotine has been isolated for its uh, medical properties in a lot of diseases, but it has a lot of adverse effects, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same.
6: Well, another course, good example is uh, aspirin you know yeah. they yeah. isolate aspirin from the white willow bark and when you've isolated the salicylic acid it can have negative consequences on uh, the digestive tract as well as other ones but if you take the whole plant uh white willow bark it doesn't have those effects
0: wow mm-hmm. i know that it's yeah. amazing
6: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: it's a similar thing with food source uh, vitamin c right where if <coughs> you nor- normally if you just get a big bag of ascorbic acid it's actually extracted from like oil um But, you know, if you get food source vitamin C and you look at it with a microscope, it's kind of chunky. It's crystalline, but it's not like a perfect crystal. And it's basically just that ascorbic acid taken out of a food source. So it has the other compounds kind of integrated with it. And that's supposed to be more effective than just ascorbic acid. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So um, do I understand? Oh, go ahead. No, please. Go ahead. What were you going to say?
3: Well, oh, I was just going to I was wondering about uh, because you're talking about the legal aspect of it earlier. Mm. And um, if I understand correctly, uh, cannabis is still schedule one in the U.S. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Which means it has no medical, by law, it has no medical application whatsoever. Yes. Mm. But yet each I know state there's... individually can it, make its own laws. But the yes. federal law supersedes those. So people who, even though in like a cannabis friendly state like Colorado, they're still essentially breaking the federal law. Is that correct? Yes. Yes.
5: And uh, they can't if, take any sort of payment other than cash at dispensaries.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, oh. banks <laughs> banks will not deal with, with money from the sale of medical or recreational marijuana, but they uh, the, the, the federal government can supersede the state's laws if they so choose. It's just right now there's a quote-unquote gentleman's agreement, uh, but the, the feds have come into various states, California, Colorado, Washington, and busted people for operating outside of those states' laws. So they're still, they're kind of trying to flex and say, hey, obey the state's laws, you know, or like, let's just try to keep this under wraps. But um, right. the, the whole thing is really uh, chaotic too, because I mean, it, it's such a touchy subject, but let's be frank, this should never have been made illegal in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so all of the problems that we have stemming from this are, uh, you know, we're, we're backtracking, I think, and... It's a, it's a really interesting moral and legal debate. I'm trying not to get into that, but what you're talking about (laughs) specifically, as far as people having access to it in various countries or in the States, uh, I just want to like hammer that point home that you made earlier that we are not endorsing that you try to find this medicine. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like basically your first point of contact should be your doctor. ask them what they think about whatever condition you're experiencing, but legally, some states it's available in the United States, other states available uh, medicinally but not recreationally. Um, you know, other countries in the world you'll be in prison for the rest of your life if you have it. Mm-hmm. You know? wow. So it's, yeah.
2: So, right now in the U.S., medical cannabis is only legal in 28 states. Right. And the Drug Enforcement Agency or the DEA they want they are wanting to reclassify just the component of CBD itself. They want to That's put that on par about. with THC and but make it all together. Couldn't they separate
0: it? You know, like well, they take do, it. Over. They do currently. Yes. CBD is legal in the United States. So you can get the uh, CBD is, isolated extract off of uh, Amazon
5: if it's grown <laughs> with hemp.
0: <laughs> yeah, with hemp. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, in order to be classified as
3: hemp, it has to have less than 0.4% THC. Right. Yes. For fiber, paper, building materials, mm-hmm. that kind of thing.
2: But even on but the D E A doing to. a search, I can't find any CBD oil or any hemp mm. oil that contains CBD. They have plenty of hemp oil, but none of it that I've seen contains.
0: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. okay. Just an omega six supplement. Okay. Maybe well, it I know directly
6: to the people
3: who make it, I
0: guess. Yeah, I know that it's it's techn- it's not illegal <laughs> federally in the United States to possess, to possess <laughs> CBD extract, but that's again you get into the the issues of the. Um, you know, the, the source and where it comes from, not only the the quality issues, but, you know, the legality issues. So it might be legal for you to possess CBD, but how are you getting it and who are you getting it from? And that's where you get into like, just talk to your doctor, like, you know, don't, 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 don't dip your toes in the black market, you know, or anything like that. Like, (laughs) please, please, please don't do that.
5: Well, on that note, it's interesting, like in a, in the state of California with the medical laws for medicinal purposes, there is a rigorous testing that needs to happen because with any monocropping, you're going to have the use of pesticides, herbicides. And so Mm. there are corporations now or, like you were saying, Tim, uh, hedge fund investors that are starting businesses that solely focus on testing for quality control, also terpene levels and things like that. So when you think about cancer patients taking cannabis, you want to make sure that you have a high-quality product, not something that's mm. going to have a lot of, you know, one of the things we've talked about in the past is mycotoxins. I mean, plants, mold, yeah. you know, so those, right. those are really bad for a failing immune system. Yeah. So it yeah. seems like the industry is shifting radically to be more compliant, I'd say, on the health aspects. Hmm.
3: So you'd preferably, you'd want to source something from an organic farmer, I'm guessing, like someone who doesn't use yeah. any of those chemicals, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and read somewhere Italy. recently... Oh, oh, go on. Oh, I just read somewhere recently that a lot of the CBD available on the internet is coming from China, Chinese mm-hmm. hemp, mm-hmm. and they are <clears throat> notorious for using some of these chemicals, so I think when you're doing research... You know, try and get to know who who the supplier is, what kind of conditions the plant has grown in, and that kind of thing. Do your research beforehand, Mm -hmm. and then make an intelligent choice when you order. So
0: Yeah. And a
3: lot of
5: good, legitimate, you know, dispensaries have all that information actually on the label. It will tell Uh you the THC count, the CBD one and two, in addition to any, you know... Toxic elements in it. And I'm pretty sure it it can't be sold if it has a high level of, you know, mycotoxins or not helpful.
2: Does anybody know how they actually get the CBD out of the plant? Like what parts of the plant do they use? What is it about the parts of the plant that they use? That makes the CBD non-psychoactive versus having THC in it?
3: From what I understood and what I read, um, both CBD and THC are in the resin of the plant, so Mm. the flowering part. Now in hemp, for example, which doesn't have very many flowers at all, they have to use a bunch of the leaves, like a a ton of the leaves to make one ounce. I'm exaggerating, but it's like a big ratio. Mm. If you want to get They're also doing strains now where they're called CBD-rich or CBD-dominant strains. So growers basically take two plants and they cross-pollinate them. So they have strains now that have a 20 or 40 to 1 ratio of CBD to THC. Hmm. There's different extraction methods from what I understand. A lot of them, some of them use like petrochemicals, but apparently the best one is called a CO2 extraction, Hmm. which basically uses some carbon dioxide to extract the CBD- from the uh, CBD-dominant plant or from industrial hemp. Mm. So there's no THC in it, mm. and that's how it's how it's extracted. Interesting.
5: And it seems that's what doctors support, if they're actually going to write you a prescription, because a lot of doctors mm. will not write a prescription. They don't, like Kaiser Permanente, their doctors will not give somebody... A prescription in the state of California because they don't want to have anything to do with it, but other doctors will, and they will, like you said, Tim, recommend high CBD, low THC.
2: Yep. For I think a lot of people who are sick
3: just don't want they don't want to deal with the psychoactive effects of THC. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're suffering an illness. They have pain. They have anxiety. They're having trouble sleeping. They have epilepsy. Cancer, whatever they want to be able to function. Yeah, they're not doing it, you know, as a recreation is the thing to. Yeah. Just change their perception of reality. They're they're actually looking for a plant that heals them.
6: And I least. think right. that unfortunately the the stigma exists there, though. You absolutely. know, any they're anybody, tied together. Yeah. Anytime anybody's talking about you know using cannabis as a medicine or anything like that, it's like oh yeah, as a medicine, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. That's wink, uh, wink. Yeah. So. But I think that I, I think you're absolutely right. Like a, a lot of these people are dealing with debilitating diseases and they don't want, you know, they're, they're not looking to get high. They're just looking for relief. And um, yeah, so I think, I think unfortunately that stigma still exists and that's probably what's driving a lot of the, um, the regulations that are still, um, you know, blocking the way to actually having this um, plant as a medicinal. Yeah.
3: To people.
0: Well, the part of that, hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, the part of that debate that, that frustrates me too is in when it comes up and people use that against cannabis as medicine. It's like, well, what do you think that painkillers do? I mean, they're much mm. more narco they're much more narcotically potent and addictive. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. you know, especially so opioids. Yeah. yeah. So that I get and that you know, like people for-
2: use cannabis to actually wean themselves off of benzodiazepines and opioid yeah. pain medicines. Says a yeah. lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, there's a
3: lot of research out there on that too.
2: That's a big thing I want to highlight because it is incredibly difficult
1: to withdraw from benzos, benzodiazepines, you know. Mm. It's incredibly addictive and some people are just completely unable to withdraw from it. Mm. And my first experience with CBD oil was from a correspondent, you know, we were corresponding basically about her benzo addiction. And she said that she finally managed to remove the benzo. When she started can have, um CBD oil, hmm. she's in Mexico.
6: Wow! <laughs> wow! And yeah, I mean, I've I've read of other accounts too of people being able to get off uh, benzodiazepines. I'd like that includes things like Valium. Um, Valium, Xanax, <clears throat> Xanax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which uh, I know were like they kind of came to popularity, I think, in the in the eighties, if I'm not mistaken. And it's kind of like there's an epidemic of people who are completely addicted to them. But I have found uh, a few different kind of anecdotal um, stories of of people actually being able to to kick their um, their benzo addiction, um, which is pretty impressive. Like because nothing else seems to work for that.
0: Yeah, there um, there's some success with uh, uh, kratom that we discussed previously with helping mm-hmm. people get off benzos. There's been some success with that, and with Kava as well. Um, ah, okay, yeah, yeah. but yeah,
3: that's... Does, uh, does it help for to... like the, the fentanyl problem. I mean, I don't know how it is in the states, but in Canada, like it's
0: well, there's huge, usually huge, a
3: huge issue. But yeah, opioid-based, right? So
0: yeah, yeah. and people I have
3: used if CBD would help with that.
0: I think it would, and I think what I see a lot in in having dipped my toes into the Kava world. For some time, that uh, a lot of people that are interested in Kava are, are using it to get off opiates and, and menzos. Um, mm-hmm. and it, what, what is commonly seen is a process of titration where they go from, you know, say they're they're on like uh, what's a common opioid? Why am I blanking on the Percocet. name? Percocet. 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 You know, there you go. So say they're they're trying to get off that, so they'll they'll taper into s- yeah. Well, they'll taper into suboxone or something similar like that. That's a little bit less potent. And then they'll go from that and try like um, Kava or Kratom uh, and then they'll finish off with like an, an Ibogaine session and then they find themselves clear of their addiction. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating, but this is all very anecdotal and it's experimenting with, you know, Ibogaine is also technically illegal. It can be accessed through doctors. So that's again, disclaimer, you need to talk to your doctor if you're going to do anything like this. But that has promising um, uh, effects uh, regarding addiction. So there's a lot of these drugs that we find um, are very helpful with various conditions. In fact, this is something that we talked about kind of doing the show about was all the illegal drugs, you know, that are med- medically applicable. Um,
4: mm.
0: <clears throat> but it's the such a huge topic. topic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we have like MDMA. It's a six-part series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The MDMA has been used for PTSD quite effectively. Uh, Psilocybin Mm -hmm. has been used to uh, rewrite neurons, to cure nerve pain, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, You know, it's a a giant world. But, uh, yeah, going back to the tapering off of benzos and opiates, I I see that a lot where it's it's kind of a chain, you know, of different substances that are helping them to taper into a state of sobriety. Uh, And I think that CBD would supplement that. It would probably shorten the entire process.
6: That's about what a lot of, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but I, I read uh, an account by one doctor who actually said that it did significantly shorten the amount of time that it took to get off of uh, benzos.
3: Sure. I'll just read a little bit from a book I'm reading here called CBD, Patient's Guide to Medicinal Cannabis in Regards to Addiction. Abidiol is actually various neural circuits involved in drug addiction. A number of studies suggest that CBD may have therapeutic properties to treat opioid, cocaine, and psychostimulant addiction, hmm. and data suggests it may be beneficial in others as well. But what is interesting is, is that CBD also counteracts the effects of THC. Hmm. So if people, you know, are, smoke regular cannabis and get, you know, to a point where they're paranoid or, you know, they can't deal with reality. CBD can actually mitigate that. Hmm. It works in a different way, apparently, with the receptors in the body. CBD doesn't really interact with the receptor directly like THC does. Hmm. It actually um, stops the – it interacts with an, an enzyme that stops the breakdown of the endogenous cannabinoids in the body. So, oh. Hmm. Well, that's interesting.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. that, that kind of brings me to another point that I did want to cover today a little bit. Is, so we're talking about the various compounds and CBD being very powerful, and uh, THC itself is also very powerful. I think that it gets less coverage because people want, I don't know how to say this simplistically, people want the medicinal aspects of this plant without having to mess with its legal status so they're like mm, what, right. can, what can what what can we extract that's currently legal so we don't have to mess with the law at all and then use that and that i think mm. is prevent i think that's actually preventing us from looking into other aspects of this because and our listeners may be familiar with the term rick simpson oil uh, that is a highly potent extract of thc itself from the plant and that's been used um, to great effect against cancer, hundreds and hundreds of cases of, of people coming back from all, all the way up to stage four cancer. One uh, testimonial I watched the other day, this guy had two weeks left. the doctor told me had two weeks. he said, wrap it up and uh, he started taking this cannabis oil and he was completely in remission in six months. Hmm. So uh, there's a lot a lot of cases like this and I think where that there's some research, That shows that THC itself actually shreds the mitochondria around cancer cells because it sees them as dying cells and so it basically helps them along and it kills them off Um, and the cases are, are overwhelming so that's where I find the legality aspect interesting because I do think CBD should be investigated extracted used you know and it's cool because it can be brought back and forth between like the United States and Europe and Asia you know, Eastern Europe. And a lot of people can gain benefits from that because it's not psychoactive. So the law is not messing with it. But when you take into account cancer patients and how many there are, and, the, you know, we essentially have a cancer epidemic right now. And in uh, this extracted oil is what I think is the cure. I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but it's like 90%. It's really, really incredible. Wow.
7: There, there was one of the stories that we listened to, or no, that we read, uh, it was in one of the articles, um, and it was about a mother in the UK, uh, and it was a really tragic story, where her son had come down with some um, one in seven billion chance cancer, I can't remember what it was called, like Langhans sarcoma?
2: Sarcoma.
7: Yeah, so um, the child was told he was in a hospice and he was told that he had, I think it was four days to live. Um, And so he was in lots of pain and he was basically planning his funeral and he was ready to die. And so his mum basically decided to get some of this, I can't remember whether it was cannabis oil or just CBD oil. It was one of the two. And, um, And she thought that it would help him essentially deal with the pain in his last days and so um she gave him this without the nurses knowing about it she did it on the sly basically she gave him the the oil and then like the next day she noticed that his white blood cells had rapidly shot up and so she wasn't sure whether this was due to the oil so she stopped giving him the oil and then his white blood cell count went back down again so she assumed that it was because of what she was giving him that his immune system was basically starting to ramp up. Um, and so she, she gave him a lot more of this oil and he basically, uh, cured his cancer. You know, wow. he was told that he had four, four days to live <coughs> and then and then all of a sudden like she gives him some of this oil and he rapidly miraculously recovers and so she was um she was interviewed on one of the mainstream sort of news channels in the UK um because she essentially broke the law uh, by doing this <laughs> but um but now her son's like in a, in a healthy state and so how can anyone argue against that i mean i read that and it was just like i was absolutely astonished that something so basic could have such amazing effects you yeah know, like before before this this show I, I never um i never really or well, i hadn't spent much time extensively researching cannabis oil um but mm-hmm. from from all of the research that that i've done it, you know for this show specifically i'm tending toward thinking that if i had a friend or a relative um, who came down with some sort of cancer, I really think that CBD oil or cannabis oil would be one thing that I would recommend now. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, well, and the I think...
2: thing that makes it so effective against cancer is that it prevents formation of new blood vessels to certain tumors. Yeah. And cancer cells have this kind of stem-like property where they can just self-renew on and on. Mm. Like, uh, you like know, cancer cells do that, and they can break off and they can form new columns colonies of cancerous tumors so um, cbd oil or the components in marijuana i'm sure there's probably lots of components that haven't even been discovered yet it can stop Mm. that it can stop the cells from renewing themselves and it can also induce autophagy where it's kind of like the cleanup system of your body
0: yeah there's a lot of those cases where it stopped uh, metastases just in its Mm. tracks But I mean, like what I was saying about the testimonials being overwhelming. It really do, you know, if you do some of your own reading and just look up, you know, cannabis oil cancer testimonials, um, it really is incredible. And it's one of those things where you don't want to get your hopes up too much because there's been all this talk of a cure, and there's uh, that's why I think that film is so interesting. The name Run from the Cure because it is like, for years, I've been seeing, you know, all the cure stuff everywhere and knowing that it's, pardon my French, it's bullshit when you see a, yeah. a, a gumball machine with a cure sign on it. Like, <laughs> those gumballs give you cancer, you know? <clears throat>
6: Kentucky fried chicken with pink ribbons on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Diet- but oh, but when, you read these, when you read these cases, you see like uh, uh, melanoma gone in 30 days, uh, stage 3 prostate cancer, full remission in 6 months, uh, anal cancer full remission in 4 months. Um, it, it goes, it goes on and on and on and on. Uh, and it, it, really is like, like one of the guys told this story that about his, his own, he had had such bad melanoma that they actually carved out chunks of his face. Um, and he was, he was very badly disfigured. Um, as you might imagine, the story goes, cannabis oil, full remission. Um, and when he discovered that he was in full remission, he, his doctor, he said was kind of deadpan and was like, yeah, okay, well that's cool. You know, and he was like, what do you, you like? We should be on CNN right now, you know, <laughs> telling people that this works. And he said that he had, uh, he had noticed that the doctor got a phone call before their appointment while he was waiting and he had overheard. And it was, um, one of his like superiors at the hospital and he didn't, couldn't prove this, but he supposed that they were like, you know, don't, don't get too excited. Like this is something we can't, you know, address, um, uh, uh-huh. Which is incredible. I mean, and that's there's even other cases of people calling uh, child protective services to get medical custody over their children. Yeah, in order yeah, to give them too. chemo. Mm-hmm. So you want to yeah. you yeah, want to poison them. my child? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
6: And that was when also I, I, I don't remember there was a specific case where that was in a state where CBD was actually legal. Yeah. And was being used by doctors, but because this particular case, the mother refused to. Um, give uh, the, I, I don't know if it was chemo or if it was uh, some other treatment or something like that, but refuse the drug, whatever it was, because they wanted to try the CBD. And yeah, the doctor called uh, Child Protective Services on them.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. And all the, yeah. all the cases that I've read, none of the timeframes are longer than a year, if you can believe that. So it's like, huh. we, we have available to us this compound that apparently, allegedly, uh, completely kills off cancer uh, in less than 12 months. In all various stages and you know how it's not like the most important thing in the country right now honestly.
2: Well considering Mm -hmm. what we know about the medical industrial complex it makes perfect sense that they would try to block something that cures people of their ailments because they're in the business of making if not lifelong patients they want to make as much money off of people as they can by selling their medicines and their treatments and their surgeries and right. whatever else they want to offer but they're not but it's not about health at people all people at all no yeah.
0: yeah
7: it's about keeping their wallets fat mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah well fortunately so what's, what's there is some
0: a... oh, oh, go ahead elliot please i,
7: I was just going to say uh, such a shame is that it it was used as a medicine um at one point in time not too long ago mm-hmm. um mm. but you know one of of the articles that spoke about the brief sort of history of how how it all came about and how um you had often sort of female herbal medical practitioners who used to prescribe this stuff um among other botanicals um and then when you when you started to have these so-called regular doctors um which were not very well educated and um and, and then you had that whole, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, the report which basically said that any herbal medicine or any alternative therapy um, that is not scientifically studied is basically outlawed. Um, and so all of these well known treatments that clearly worked, you know, and, and, and they were passed down probably over hundreds, if not thousands of years by word of mouth, um, they were all of a sudden abolished and then you know, basically, you could only use pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well,
2: in the name of science. Yeah. Yeah. People's personal experiences and getting better with using an herb doesn't count for anything.
0: No. Right.
3: So it's I wanted to go enough. back, Jonathan, a bit to uh, what you're talking about with um, CBD versus THC. Yeah. Um, CBD sometimes being preferable because it doesn't have the psychoactive aspect, but it seems that in certain severe disease states thc might also be necessary mm-hmm. um I, I saw a video actually doug sent me a video earlier about um juicing raw cannabis mm-hmm. and from what i mm. understand in the raw cannabis thc and cbd exist as a carbo, carbo- carbolic acid mm. which yes. means it's a precursor to the actual okay. active ingredients so when you're Consuming it as a raw juice, there's no psych- psychoactive effects with that either. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether the acids are as effective in the, treating the disease states as the as the later molecule.
6: Well, they might. They, I mean, certainly the testimonials seem to say that they are. But yeah. yeah, no, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, it was something like like you needed to apply heat to, to apply convert heat it from th- THCA
3: by smoking, by vaporizing, or right. cooking that converts yeah. it from THCA or CBDA, the acid, mm-hmm. and it decarboxylizes the. Yeah. That, that molecule and turns it into the active ingredient.
0: Right, but yeah. there is
3: some evidence to suggest that the acids actually are effective as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard some of that too about the juicing the raw plants. That they need to be harvested before they're like 18 inches or some certain height, and then they should be juiced raw at that point. That's when the ideal yeah. combination of all the the compounds exists. But they, um, <laughs> what you're talking about is true. It's a, a, a called decarboxylation. So heat, heat, and time. Uh, removes a um, uh, carbon atom from the carboxyl group, and that turns THCA into THC, which is bioavailable. Mm. So that's the oh. – because if you were to, like, take a bud off of a marijuana plant and just eat it, uh, basically nothing would happen um, because mm. the uh, the active compound that's bioavailable, which is THC, is actually only, like, 2% or something very small. Um, so that's why historically people have smoked marijuana because when you apply heat, it converts that to a bioavailable form. So what Rick Simpson has but is done it, in, uh, uh, to, Sorry, uh, I was what, just going to ask:
8: is
6: it is it that it's not bioavailable,
0: or is it just yeah. that it's it's it doesn't get you high? <laughs> right. Well, it's not processed by the uh, the the liver. There's I'm a little bit fuzzy on oh. that, but there's THCa is not uh, metabolized. Oh. Yeah. So I wonder how they were managing to use it medicinally then. Well that's the thing is Some... when you the the process of making this oil extract is applying heat and time um, mm. to to convert THC to THC, THC to THC, so that when you ingest it, your liver metabolizes the, the full you know medicinal dosage of actual THC. That's that's the mm-hmm. idea. So that's the what decarboxylation is. But you're you're right in that when you apply heat for a longer amount of time. Uh, it then begins to convert the THC itself into CBD. Ah. So it goes from THCA well, actually, to THC to CBD.
3: I'm looking at an article now online about THCA, the acid.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And it says, there isn't enough research on TC, THCA to definitive, definitively state what it can treat and what degree of efficacy. Mm-hmm. Preliminary research and anecdotal evidence suggest that THCA will play a pivotal role in cannabis medicine as the industry propels forward, mm-hmm. some of the p- potential benefits from studies include anti-inflammatory properties, neuroprotective properties, anti-emetic properties, and anti-proliferative properties mm-hmm. for prostate cancer. So that's interesting that this is the THCA, mm-hmm. the yeah. precursor yeah. in mm-hmm. the raw plant, has, has some medicinal
0: value, it yeah. seems. Yeah, I think that should be looked into for sure. You know, I mean, like, because then you have even more... Uh, efficacy regarding, like, harvest times and stuff like that. If you're looking at producing on an industrial scale for a medicine um, and you were to juice raw plants, it would be much more effective. You could turn it around more Mm. quickly.
2: Don't we have a clip about uh, raw plant, juicing the raw plant?
0: Yeah. We We have a clip, yeah. Let's go to that.
3: That might have been the video you sent us.
8: Cannabis actually goes up. Called leaf. Provides feedback from the postsynaptic nerve to the presynaptic nerve, which was unheard of in neurochemistry. I mean, all neurotransmissions were unidirectional, and all of a sudden, swimming against the force of that are those little cannabinoid molecules that tie the whole system together. The phytocannabinoids in this plant augment the body's attempt to restore and increase function to a normal level. So it mimics the regulatory system of cellular physiology. And recently, the Food and Drug Administration has approved of CBD, which is a cannabinoid, like THC. One of 80 cannabinoids. The federal patent compares vitamin C, vitamin E, and CBD or cannabidiol. CBD turns out to be more potent than either of those two. The thing that I warn my patients of is, if you're gonna be juicing this flower and this leaf and you're gonna be doing this high dose, non-psychoactive cannabinoid dietary approach, please do not eat it. When you heat cannabis, you make it psychoactive, which for a large part of the community, um, the psychoactivity of a plant is a measure of its medical quality, um, but it's really quite the inverse. If
9: heat or age cannabis in any way, you're destroying some of the medicinal properties of it.
8: To use the plant effectively, we have to use it the way it evolved over 34 million years, which is raw, because when it's raw, the THC is bound up as THC acid. It requires aging, drying, so as a hunter-gatherer, we gather this plant and we notice, wow, as this plant ages, it changes character and suddenly has a psychoactive effect. I think that's the
6: most Exciting area of cannabis research is looking at
2: non psychoactive
8: cannabinoids. Because if you do heat it, you'll decarboxylate like the THC acid, and you're going to have 600 milligrams of THC acid with the CBD acid. You would be unconscious probably for the better part of the week. Between um, heating the plant, whether that's in a sucker, a cookie, a baked good, um, a butter, vaporized, smoked, all of those uh, techniques. Um, convert THC acid, which is non-psychoactive, into THC and provide you with that 10 milligram dose. Um, But if you eat the plant raw, um, then THC acid is the way it's found in the plant. It's not psychoactive. The juicing allows you to get up to the 500 to 600 milligrams, which is 60 times more than you could tolerate if it was heated.
9: This treatment is not psychoactive. People don't have to be stoned when they take it. They can take it and go to work. They can take it and play with their kids. It's hard for me to f- to understand laws against something like green leaf therapy and to think that prednisone is legal.
6: We're still fighting the the stigma of uh, marijuana back from the 20s,
0: 30s, 40s, 50s. Hmm. So yeah, I certainly think that's promising because, Tim, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of people who are patients, whether they're suffering from, you know, just, uh, I don't mean to say just, but say, arthritis, anywhere from arthritis to, like, really severe cancers, depending on what their jobs are or, you know, whether they live with their family or things like that, they don't want to be, you know, incapacitated all the time. And that's the problem with really any narcotic medicine, right? So, I mean, if we do have a way to apply the medicinal aspects of the plant and allow people to choose not to have that experience. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: but again, I, and I want to come back to what I mentioned earlier. I, I, I stand by my opinion that it, when you do bring in cases of like, for instance, extreme cancer, something where your life is on the line, that quote unquote getting high shouldn't really be, uh, you know, no, in, no. in the debate, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, but when you're talking about, you know, um, just like pain management, arthritis, uh, or, um, you know, eczema, skin conditions, stuff like that. Um, you know, then, then that comes into the debate and then you're like, because you don't really need to save your life per se, you know?
6: Yeah. Well, I know, um, I was reading about, uh, Montel Williams. I don't know how many people are familiar with him, but he's a a talk show host from like eighties, nineties, I guess. And, uh, he has MS and apparently controls it by smoking marijuana Mm-hmm. And, uh, was, was saying that, you know, this is, this is something that actually makes me better. And, you know, he was in, in, in some interview where the guy was kind of coming down on him a bit hard for smoking marijuana. He's like, no, listen, like with, completely, I can't function. Whereas with it, I can. So it's like, you know, again, you've got that stigma. It's like, well, you just want to get high. No, <laughs> this, yeah. this is actually helping me. Oh, right. it's. It, I mean, it is. A, it is a slippery slope because, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, it's like. Well, anyway, I'm just gonna finish my thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a. You know, it's it's case by case, right? Um, there's another case similar to what you said that I had seen where a guy, and this wasn't about oil extracts or anything. It was just talking about smoking cannabis. Um, he had uh, early onset Parkinson's and he was shaking uncontrollably. Mm. And in this interview, it was on like CNN or something he lit a joint, uh, and when he hit it, he stopped. He just immediately stopped shaking and he was like, this is how I can live, you know? So, and that's just a very simple, like smoking the plant. Um, I think that alone should be a a clue that we need to look into the more powerful medicinal applications to where you actually apply a, uh, you know, a laboratory setting and you can extract these compounds and and, and use them to actually cure diseases. Um, Mm -hmm. I keep coming back to this, uh, the the cancer, you know, not just all of the other conditions that can be helped. I mean, I've read testimonials about, like I said, eczema, um, uh, all sorts of other conditions, Uh, arthritis. Yeah. Yep. Anxiety even, um, which is Mm -hmm. weird because a lot of people report getting anxiety from cannabis, but there Mm -hmm. are certain, there are certain applications that can reduce anxiety or eliminate it. Um, But the Mm -hmm. cancer keeps coming up for me as like one of the most, potent and powerful applications of this, especially since it's just like ravaging its way through our society right now. I mean, I know, shoot, five people in the last, like three years that have died from cancer, you know? Jeez. And that's, I'm sure a lot of people know even more than that.
7: I On the, on the topic of cancer, I um I was doing a little bit of research and uh, I found out something really fascinating about the effect that CBD has on the cancer cell. Um, and so typically a cancer cell, um, if you look at how it sort of survives, it will do all that it can to avoid free radicals or the pr- precursor to free radicals, which are basically called reactive oxygen species. So it will do all sorts of cool stuff with its metabolism to avoid having these reactive oxygen species produced in this cell, because if there's too many, this cell will die. Okay, so that is how your body will kill a cancer cell is by producing reactive oxygen species. And so people who have metastatic cancer, typically their body cannot produce these sufficient quantities of reactive oxygen species and get them into the cancer cell to kill it off. Um, Whereas what CBD CBD does is it directly produces reactive oxygen species in the cancer cell and causes something Mm. called apoptosis, which is cell death. Um, and so when you read all of these accounts of people miraculously recovering from cancers in such a short period of time, and then you take this in, into consideration along with a lot of the other effects that CBD has, I mean, it's it's pure anti-cancer. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know this stuff before, and it's, it's absolutely just fascinating. I mean um, – Do you know, you know, Elliot, how
6: it – does it select for specifically cancer cells?
7: I, I don't know
0: um, the way the way I understood it and I'm assuming what I had read was that it, it basically shreds the mitochondria which is what you're talking about with apoptosis right uh, yeah. that would be the similar concept um,
7: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but was that it doesn't actually target cancer cells what it does is it goes through and it says is this cell dying yes okay kill it Uh I mean, to put it super simplistically, that was kind of what I read, that it it identifies dying cells and then kills them off since cancer cells are – I don't know. Elliot, does that ring true?
7: Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's some sort of intelligence there. I don't know how it can – I mean, I guess there's some signaling molecules and stuff that cancer produces and, you know, it picks up on that. But whatever it is, I mean, I guess if you were to look at it from a sort of naturopathic perspective – um, there's, you know, it comes at the, comes at the, it approaches things with that um, all plants have their own innate intelligence, and yeah. that mm. they carry some sort of information, and that when you consume those plants, uh, that information is, you know, integrated into your system, and it can be used sort of intelligently almost. Um, and so I guess, I guess to understand CBD and cannabis, I, I think taking that approach would, would help us.
0: Yeah, that uh, again. Coming at this from a, a lay perspective um, regarding the process too. Another thing that I had read was, and forgive me if I mash this up, but that uh, so all cells have endocannabinoid receptors on them, um, and Pretty much, yeah, they, it's all including the whole body, right? Including cancer cells, right? Because they're mutated yeah. cells, and that when um, or uh, cannabis compounds, whether it's THC or CBD, gets into that cell it increases the number of endocannabinoid receptors on the cell, thus allowing more in. And when it gets in, it produces an enzyme which causes apoptosis. So that's kind of like, Hmm. but I I may be butchering that.
3: Well, I also read that um, some cancer cells, I don't have it in front of me, but some cancer cells are able to cloak their their appearance uh, to ward off against attack from the body's own immune system and that CBD somehow causes them to uncloak and be recognizable huh. by the body's own immune hmm. system. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly how it works, but
6: huh.
0: I remember thinking
3: that was quite interesting.
0: Well, maybe that's well, I the think mechanism, that's, Then I think that's one of the main key right? Like, cause we all, everybody gets cancer uh, in their life here and there. Just most of the time your immune system kills it right away. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we all have cancerous cells that are coming up and then the immune system kills them off. And my understanding, the endocannabinoid system is part of the immune system and what, these compounds do is basically supercharge your immune system to the point where yeah. it enables you to kill off the cancer. I yeah, guess. it augments the
3: body's own endocannabinoid system. Right? Right. CBD helps the body's natural uh, cannabinoids work and stay in the system longer. So,
0: so what I find interesting, so we were talking about, sorry, just real quick, the, uh, the dosages and how normal people may not be able to function. Because, like Rick Simpson oil, this like the quote-unquote cancer-killing dosage is a thousand milligrams of THC per day for sixty days. Huh. That's a lot, um, which is quite a lot. Yeah, I mean the average, you know, like <clears throat> they were saying in that uh, film, ten milligrams. Um, you know, I, w- I would think that the average, like for a pain-killing dose, would be somewhere in the order of like fifty. So when you're going up to 1,000 milligrams, is quite a bit. But I wonder if CBD would be able to mitigate that so that if you were, I like, say, does. stage 3 or 4 cancer patient, you could take that high, high dose and, and not be completely wrecked.
3: Not feel were. so woozy in your head, yeah. exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
3: I, think, I think CBD helps synergistically work in that, in that yeah. respect.
0: Because there has been some complaints, too, in testimonials that I've read. Like, one was from an older woman who was in her 80s suffering from cancer, taking it, and she was like, you know, it's killing my cancer, but I feel so weird all day. Like, I just don't mm. like it, you know? And that was a point of, like, where the person who was writing this was their caregiver. They were saying, like, it's just part of it. Like, <coughs> I'm sorry, you know, but if we're going to do this, we got to get through it. And then, you know, we can we can get past it later. Um, but what you mentioned about CBD, I have not read anything about that actually mitigating the effects of THC, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> It is.
3: Actually, I'm going to read a a list here of things from this book I'm reading. And this is, uh, they've aggregated a bunch of studies on CBD and cannabis in general. And um, for the following health issues, CBD uh, has been shown to be either possibly to demonstrably effective in ADHD addiction, which we talked about before, um, ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, Alzheimer's. Uh, some antibiotic resistant infections, Mm. stress and anxiety, arthritis, asthma, uh, autism, autoimmune disease, cancer, as we talked about before, uh, concussions and brain injury, depression, mood disorders, diabetes is very, very strong, actually, Uh, eating disorders, IBS, migraines, MS, nausea and vomiting, uh, Huntington's and Parkinson's disease, pain relief, PSTD, schizophrenia, seizure disorders, skin conditions, all kinds of dermatitis, acne, psoriasis, and sleep disorders. So CBD can be put into creams, uh, lotions, lozenges. I've, I saw CBD coffee, CBD-infused beer, all kinds of different things.
6: Yeah. The the uh, antimicrobial effect is actually really interesting. I was reading about that recently and that it is effective against antibiotic-resistant bacteria. infections. Yeah, like That's the,
3: the strong superbugs. Yeah.
6: Skin. Yeah. Like even uh, MRSA, um, they were talking about how it can actually um, kill it, like like really effectively kill it, yeah. which is really unbelievable.
1: I think yeah. I'm, I'm actually more fascinating
6: about its neuroprotective you know, effects. Right.
1: I know, yes, the cancer stuff, it's really fascinating too, but the, the neuroprotective effects is just like mind-boggling because... Apparently, um, cannabis works uh, at the autonomic nervous system level. Yes. But it increases cognitive functions. You know, so uh, I'm talking about CBD oil. You right. know, you will think about stone people being like that dumb. You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> it increases cognitive functions, like autistic children that have taken it, they, that never spoke before or hardly, they will start speaking even at the age of 12, which is very yeah. bad prognosis of autism. You know, it's like what? what's happening here with this thing you know well,
4: yeah. so even with Alzheimer's
2: can... there's some research that CBD can get rid of those pesky beta amyloid plaques
4: mm-hmm. yes.
2: entanglement that, that are in brains of patients with Alzheimer's
3: so is there justification for using CBD as just a general supplement you know if, if hmm. you don't have any specific I, disease state could you just take I it once so. a day
0: yeah. I mean, as if it, a neuroprotective
3: if, as Gabby was if, saying
0: yeah, I think so in that context, and it props up your immune system, um, you know, yeah. and you're not looking at, like you said, if you're not looking at any psychoactive, psychoactive effects, it makes sense as a daily supplement, personally. What, yeah.
1: I, what I was surprised is that, okay, some schizophrenic uh, patients, you know, they have um, a previous history of, like, uh, being marijuana consumers, you know, that that actually precipitated psychotic reactions of psychotic episodes and they ended up with this label of schizophrenia but with the cbd oil which is non-psychoactive you know it has actually been used to treat sci- uh, psychotic episodes and actually you know diminish them or eliminate them
6: Seems which like is the a pretty opposite. big deal yeah. you know yeah, all these medication
1: yeah. for schizophrenia it's with so many side <laughs> effects
6: oh, yeah. yeah it's well fair. just Talking about the uh, CBD as, as just kind of like a non, you know, as, as a use on kind of like a daily type basis or something, I do just some anecdotal um, evidence here. Um, I knew some people who, when it was kind of first like gaining popularity, um, were using it topically. Like there was a CBD kind of uh, balm of some kind that they got their hands on and they were using it. And they said that it was just really good as kind of like a, because I was in a very high stress job at the time and they were coworkers. And they said it was really good for just like helping them to chill out and kind of get a better perspective on things and not lose themselves. Cream. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they wow. they said that it was just kind of like you just kind of get this nice feeling of well being and like um, not not it didn't seem to let the stress just take over and start running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Would it, it was help just...
3: for sore muscles too? As a cream, like
6: yeah,
3: you have like a sore shoulder, or neck. Yeah,
6: I've heard. Of I've
3: it's
5: heard inflammatory Yeah.
0: Yeah. There yeah, are and re-
5: being made that way, too, for mm-hmm. that particular purpose.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've read cases, too, of combining it with DMSO to treat muscle ah, pain. to help it yeah. get into the skin. That yeah.
3: interesting. interesting.
2: Mm. Well, a funny mm. thing that I remember reading is there's this you know, the whole story about marijuana giving people the munchies. But there was this researcher that looked at marijuana users, and he noticed that most of them were thin. And there are some studies run, and I think it was mostly on rats though, but they found that CBD specifically uh converts white fat to brown fat and actually speeds up the wow. metabolism
6: <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. I'm sold now I'm sold
2: Order me
6: some of that need you get me some of that brown fat. <laughs>
2: But it can. you should use it in low doses, say, like 15, 18 milligrams a day. But if hmm. you uh, use a lot of it, it can actually cause you to gain
0: weight. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I've read so the similar cases. That's why cases. it's good
2: for people with cancer who, like, lose a lot of weight and become cachectic or, you know. Cachectic or uh, you know,
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a case of a guy uh, in – prepping for this show when i was watching a bunch of testimonials on youtube a guy who had uh, come back from prostate cancer who had actually had a a problem in the inverse with gaining weight so he i forget what you call that endomorph somebody who naturally is has a propensity to gain weight um yeah and he was using the uh, rick simpson oil as a treatment for his cancer cured his cancer and leveled out his body weight so where he was like, he, it, he said that his doctor told him that it had essentially righted his entire body. Wow! Yeah. Jeez.
7: There, there also seems to be a connection with the um with the gut bacteria as well. So, it's got it could probably help uh, with you know gut gut disorders. I haven't looked at any sort of specific research on whether it is being used for Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. But I would imagine that it it probably could be as well. Um, there's an hmm. interesting article on SOT this week. Uh, it was talking about how um, both the gut bacteria and the endoid mm-hmm. system basically regulate how leaky the gut is. Uh, and we all know that you know leaky gut can facilitate. Oh. I break again. Oh, oh,
0: yeah, we're losing. We're losing Elliot. <sighs> mm.
1: Well, I think it was basically that the endocannabinoid endocannabinoid system, it interacts with the microbiome, the Mm -hmm. gut flora, you know. And Mm -hmm. they're talking already about uh, gut endocannabinoid axis, pretty much like the gut-brain axis. You know, a lot of the effects of lactobacillus, probiotic, you know, actually um, they like touch or lock in into the receptors of the intestinal cannabinoid receptors mm-hmm. and reduces uh, abdominal pain. It's kind of fascinating study that's coming out more and more, you know.
6: Mm. Cool. And that makes me I wonder think- if it has something that has something to do with the, um, the, uh, its ability to help with all, um, autism, because I know in autism, they find that the gut microbiota is completely like disordered mm-hmm. um, and that correcting that a lot of times has very beneficial effects on autism. So I wonder if the reason that um, using, like, CBD to uh, help with autism has something to do with that um, gut um, endocannabinoid axis. Sure.
5: They're also starting to create cannabis-based suppositories. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, there's an article called, You Want Me to Put That Where?, (laughs)
4: <laughs> and it's um,
5: it's just, it, it's, a, it's basically discussing how the applications are ideal for anyone who the oral route is impaired, like someone who's fasting before a surgery or someone who has a esophageal illness. And um, it's great for those who um, can't eat due to vomiting because yeah. it's antiemetic. Mm-hmm. Is that would that be? Mm. Um, so it says cannabis therapy can be administered rectally to an unconscious person or one who has just suffered a stroke or heart attack. It's neuroprotective and powerful antioxidant even in the brain. It's excellent therapy for treating ischemic events like Tiffany shared heart attack or stroke and, it's, and it, can, it will also slow and heal damage in the brain from Alzheimer's. This method often brings the medicine much closer to the target. In the case of hemorrhoids, vaginal infections, uterine cramps, or diseases of the cervix, prostate, rectum, or colon, sending medicine through the digestive system or inhaling it is clearly a less direct route to these regions. So they said that this backdoor method activates faster than oral ingestion, somewhere in the range Mm -hmm. of 10 to 15 minutes versus 45 to 90 minutes. And it's uh, much more subtle and less intense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had read that too. That One of the testimonials I read was this woman with anal canal cancer, and she had used suppositories and said that it had mitigated some of the psychoactive effects, that it was not um, completely gone, but that it wasn't as potent as it would have been orally.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to really boost up your dose if you have a really severe ailment that you want to treat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what gets me about this is like I think of the people that I knew, like um, I had a friend named Greg who died from colon cancer and I this was not on my radar when that happened, you know, and it, it makes me feel a little bit sick even thinking about like, I wish I had been, you know, but you can't change the past. Um, yeah. But I think this I is wish really vital. I could have
2: tried it on my cat that passed yeah. away earlier this year and oh, seen well, if it, it would have helped it or not. Yeah. Yeah, because they use it on pets for the same things that they use it on humans for.
6: Humans yeah.
3: Just yeah. dose differently, depending mm-hmm. on body
6: weight and stuff. Tim, right. just, uh, we have a question in the chat here about um, a recommended book on it. Can you just say the title of that book again?
3: Uh, the book I ordered from Amazon is called CBD, A Patient's Guide to Medicinal Cannabis by Leonard Linau and Juliana Birnbaum. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's got a good uh, – yeah, I'm looking at the chapter now on um, IBS and different uh, inflammatory uh, bowel th- uh, things, and it says here, based on the Cannabis Health Index, which is a – they take all the studies that have done for inflammatory bowel disease and put them all together, and out of a, f- a five rating, uh, CBD has been shown to be have a 3.5 efficacy mm. wow. in things wow. like Crohn's nice. disease, yeah. And uh, things like that. So that's interesting. And it well, talks inc- about suppositories here too. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I, I mean, I hope it keeps going. In the re- It seems like it will. Like the attitude is kind of changing, you know, but it's like it, it really is just so incredible, um, the effects that it has. And uh, my point being like your quality of life is, you know, is a big aspect of this. And a, a lot of, I would say, almost all of the drugs that are used to treat current conditions, chronic conditions like Crohn's, or MS or things like that—they harm your quality of life. They have really, really bad side effects. Um, yeah, and yeah. here, here we have a medicine available, which is—I um, mean, I would say it's already understood, but it's currently being researched that literally has no side effects. And I, I mean, how can you, you know, like, yeah, I just Those blows times. my mind. No overdose profile, of no addiction of people profile. Die of opiates yeah, yeah.
2: A year and there's well, no deaths from cannabis
3: yeah well i mean that speaks to you know i'm a pharmacist right or i used to be back in the day and it's it's a it's a rigged game it's a real monopoly it's almost like a orthodox religion in a sense i mean we were never taught about cannabis as medicine Mm. you know at all and we were always taught that the pharmaceutical giant drug makers you know were the key to health but when you're working in a pharmacy and you see all the people on multiple multiple medicines and you yeah. There's a book called the CPS, the Compendium of Pharmaceuticals and Sciences, and so this isn't the insert you get when when you, you get the patient info that the pharmacist gives you. This is the stuff that we read from the uh, manufacturer, and they're so full of side effects and so full of warnings and precautions and geez. adverse drug reactions, and and it's just it's, it's horrible. I mean, ninety percent of the stuff that we give out in pharmacy is useless to harmful. Wow. That's why I kind of got out of it.
4: Yeah. yeah. I couldn't
3: do it anymore. Good move. It's like everything is backwards. Yeah. What we know about diet, you know, everything is backwards of what we're told. Yeah. It's just like that in pharmacy as well.
6: No kidding. But I'm pretty sure
3: doctors are in the same boat. Abby, did you ever learn about cannabis as medicine when you were in school?
6: Only on the
3: legal drug section. <laughs> of my courses. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been there. So, Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it seems like we need a like we're ready I mean we're ready for a lot of things as a society, but we're we're ready for a, a revised uh, adult relationship with cannabis mm-hmm. I think as a culture mm-hmm. you know because like can do it. it's like yes stoners exist, but can we quit talking about them and just talk about uh-huh. like the actual like applications of this thing you know. Mm-hmm.
6: And let's be honest here. I mean, you know, out of all the different drug users out there, I think cannabis users are probably the most harmless. Yeah. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, maybe it could be argued differently, but, you know, I would certainly rather run into somebody who's high in a back alley than somebody who's drunk. Right. And, uh, you know, not that I'm advocating it (laughs) by any sense, but it's just kind of like, you know, these guys aren't really a threat. (laughs)
0: no so. <laughs> and we're we're adults we can speak reasonably about it you know without and and at the same time you know i think emphasize that we're not uh encouraging any anybody to to do anything illegal you know we're talking about this in a, in an adult reasonable way that's what I think needs to happen, but it's still really um you know like there you have i think uh doctors you know <clears throat> reacting to this in such a way that like Oh, well, what about the psychoactivity or what about the legal issues, you know, and stuff like that? And it's like, look at the drugs that you're currently prescribing people. Those are all worse (laughs) than what you're worried about. It's
4: hypocrisy.
0: It's not like maybe they compare, it's like they're demonstrably worse. So, I don't know. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, there's also the, you know, considering the psychoactive aspect, people who don't necessarily have a severe disease state or whatever can easily take a CBD. Right. Yes. But if you're gonna just smoke marijuana to for that effect, and that's a form of a dissociation, and you know, there's yeah. there's problems with that as well. Yeah. So unless yeah. you you know got cancer or something really serious like liver disease or mm-hmm. you know severe epilepsy, you know probably CBD will do the job for you. Just mm-hmm. yeah. To be able to maintain a certain groundedness in reality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would. Say. Yeah. I, think I that's hate the dissociation aspect. You know
5: the juicing of it raw Mm. had so many neuroprotective aspects
2: yeah and Mm -hmm. just as an example i know a person who has ms who smokes copious amounts of pot and it helps them with their pain but they're still getting worse so i wouldn't Mm. say that it's a panacea for for any disease i Mm -hmm. There are other factors that come into play whenever you get sick. There's emotional and psychological factors. There's dietary factors. Unless you Mm -hmm. are addressing everything, just throwing a bunch of CBD oil down your throat. I mean, maybe that's a good thing. It'll help you, but everything needs to be addressed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's like... uh, Oh, Sorry, one of the... uh, testimonials again that I was watching about the Rick Simpson oil was this guy talking about how he was getting his appetite back. And he was like, I'm so looking forward to having a Coke again. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no dude. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a really important point. It needs to be, you know, the whole, the holistic approach needs to be taken into account. And if you're like, I'm just going to pop cannabis oil and cure everything, it doesn't work that way. You know, uh, you have to do your research, you know, they recommend
3: dosing a a titration form of dosing. So you basically start with the lowest amount that has any effect and you slowly, gradually increase the dose until you have a, uh, you know, a demonstrable effect and you you keep a journal. And then Mm -hmm. there's a point um, where adding more gives you diminishing returns. So there's like Mm -hmm. a, a sweet spot in the middle. So, you know, if you get to a point where you're taking more CBD oil and it's not having the same effect, then you got to back off, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So be, be aware right. of it. You know, be aware of your body, read, read, do research, you know, yeah. be, be smart, I guess.
0: Yeah. And, and as we've harped on over and over on this show, the number one thing is your diet. I mean, look at, you know, look at what you're ingesting and, and how your body is reacting to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, especially if you're treating a condition like, you know, cancer or something that's uh, potentially terminal, then you really need to clean clean everything up. Uh, but everybody should be yep. doing that in their daily life anyway, just for quality of life, clarity of mind. Absolutely. You, know?
3: you can't take CBD oil and then go
0: to McDonald's. You know I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, uh, CBD should...
2: oil can be very expensive, so you won't be throwing your money down the drain.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I think I just want before we uh, before we start wrapping up, just to reemphasize that uh, we are officially not recommending that anybody try to track this down on their own. Go talk to your doctor, like find out mm-hmm. what the laws are in your country, in your state, wherever you might be. Uh, and then if you don't have a practitioner you talk to, find one, talk to them, um, because, you know, when it when it comes to that, you don't want to. You don't want to mess around with things. You need an expert opinion. And as much as we kind of like talk down on doctors, um, they, you know, a lot of them know a lot of things. <laughs> so you really yeah. need that. Mm-hmm. You need it's that changing. input. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so. a lot of
3: articles on SOT as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, do your research. Yeah. yeah. You
3: know, read yeah. as much as you can about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, all right. Well, let's go to Joya's pet health segment for today. And then when we when we come back, we'll we'll wrap up the show.
4: <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the Pet hill Segment of the Health and Wellness Show. My name is Zoya and today I would like to share with you
0: two recordings that attempt to answer questions such as can dogs and cats see invisible things and can they see and recognize themselves in the mirror. Listen up and learn the answer to that one. Enjoy!
9: Hi guys, I'm Katie Wayne and this is Animalist News. So you know how cats and dogs get spooked over nothing sometimes and then you get worried that there's like a ghost or something in your house? Well now researchers at the City University of London have discovered that cats and dogs actually do have a sixth sense, the ability to see ultraviolet light! Until now it was believed that all mammals could only see from red to violet on the color spectrum. However, a select few now join reptiles, bees and fish in being able to see ultraviolet. For humans this ultraviolet spectrum does not pass through the ocular media or the clear parts of our eyes and therefore appears to be invisible. Although scientists know that bees use it to indicate where nectar is and mice are able to follow invisible trails of urine, no one is quite sure why certain animals are able to see ultraviolet versus others. I want to be able to see invisible stuff too. Or do I? Just saying. However, scientists have a theory that animals without ultraviolet sensors have the highest resolution vision. Although the ability to see a wide range of light frequencies can help an animal's eyesight in low light conditions, it also creates slightly fuzzy images. Just like how ultraviolet rays can damage our skin over time, they also affect the eyes of animals who can see them. This might be why so many cats and dogs get cataracts and other eye problems as they get older. So next time you think your pet is seeing something you're not, you're probably right. So guys, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Be sure to let me know in the comments below. And check out these cool videos over here. And subscribe right here. I love you all. And I'll see you next time. Bye.
10: This episode of Animalist News is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Hey what's up guys, I'm Alex Farnham and this is Animalist News. Now one of the most common and well known tests of animal intelligence may not be as reliable as we think. Since 1969, scientists have placed animals in front of a mirror to see if they recognize themselves. Some researchers even drew dots on animals' bodies before giving them a mirror. If an animal tried to get the dot off after seeing themselves it was determined that they could tell the difference between their reflection and another being. Those who pass the test are deemed self-aware. Because these animals can recognize themselves, researchers believe that they can also contemplate thoughts as well as imagine new ideas. Now, besides us humans, orcas, bottlenose dolphins, gorillas, and elephants are among some of the only species who are thought to have this level of intelligence. But do they really? Let's go to the mirror. Okay, so now I'm standing in front of a mirror. Now, when I start to shave here, if I am self-aware, I won't cut myself. Alright, seems pretty good. Well, now I can safely say that that's not another person in there. That's me, and I'm self-aware. Now, although most scientists agree that the mirror test proves self-awareness, others say that it has nothing to do with it. In the case of gorillas, some scientists don't even believe they truly recognize themselves because they show aggressive signs like avoiding eye contact. Some animals may simply notice that the body in the mirror moves the same way as its own. These animals might assume that if the body in the mirror has a dot on it, they might too. In this case, it would be less about self-awareness and more about reasoning. How many times do you look in the mirror a day? Let me know in the comments below. Be sure to check out these other videos over here. Subscribe, share this with your friends, and I'll see you, hairy mammals, next time. It's like you're my mirror. Whoa, I'm self-aware staring back at me.
0: <laughs> self-aware goats. But <laughs> they are. They see the dot. <laughs> Thank you, Zaya. That was really interesting. I uh. I always wondered if my uh, uh, cat that I used to have would see like, um, you know, for lack of a better word, ghosts, because it, they mm. would just run around and like look around the air and then run to another mm. spot and like look around like they were chasing something. Who mm. knows? Mm. Yeah. Orbs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, w- I thought that was a, a pretty good show today. Um, I think that, uh, our listeners, you know, have some stuff to go on, uh, do some research. I think, you know, if you have a, a friend, if you yourself are suffering from a condition like, uh, cancer or a debilitating chronic condition, or you have a friend who is, uh, it's worth at least discussing and saying like, Hey, how can we learn more about this, you know, to apply it in a positive way? Um, there's some really promising things there. So mm-hmm. with that said, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, so be sure to check out the Sot Radio Show on Sunday at noon Eastern Time, and we'll be back uh, next Friday with another show. Okay, so thanks, thanks everybody, that. and thanks thanks Tim for being with us.
2: Thank you, thanks My
3: pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Later.